Something's got a hold of me I can't explain. I no longer want the glory of material things. I no longer want the world. I no longer want the fame. I no longer need everyone to know my name. Don't want to be an idol if I'm bigger than you. How can I live a lie and stand for the truth? Now that you've done a work in me, I can see things so clearly, Lord, I want. I want what you want. and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. Three says, if I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship, 
that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. It's where it gets deep. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. And then 8 says, love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be still. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, when completeness comes, what is part disappears. When I was a child, I, in the old version, said spake. This one says, talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away child, childish things or put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only as a reflection in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And then the last 13 says, And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. But the greatest of these is love. There's a, did you get the sense that there's a theme there, that there's a, something reoccurring kind of happening? <laughs> I mean, you, how, do, how do you read that and not go, well, he's talking about loving. How do, how do you read that and not really walk away with that conclusion and go, you know, I, I might not know a whole lot about what he said today, but I know it's something to do with love. Right? Sure, shake. Now, that'll be the only ego thing this morning is, you know, I like to hear you say sure, shake. Okay, so there you go. Okay, so I, I was I was um, I shared with you in the earlier service. My wife and I were traveling, um, actually for about the last month or so. We've been been traveling. God has opened so many doors and so many amazing things have have happened. And so I was invited, uh, kind of kind of home, but not home. I was invited to Kentucky uh, to sing some functions and speak at a couple of events, and one uh, was for the mayor of Frankfort, Kentucky, and um, who happens to also be a musician, great musician. Um, but anyway, he asked me one morning, we, were, we had a full schedule, and he said, I need to add one more thing to your list um, of things to do. He said, I want you to meet with a group of pastors. And so my, my natural thing is to think, okay, we're going to meet with a group of pastors. I'm going to sing the standard, you know, worship leader kind of thing, come out and do, you know, holiness, holiness is what I love. You know, whip out a couple of Scott Underwood tunes, bling, blam, boom, everybody's saved, you know, and we're going home happy. You know, how many, but how many know it doesn't work that way? It doesn't, it never works that way. It never, it's never that easy, that simple. It's always a little bit more complicated. So I'm meeting with these guys, and, you know, things are going out kind of all right. I guess they're going cool. And then a guy, one of the pastors asked me, he's a real old old guy, asked me how I got into ministry and how I got it started. And that, you know, for those of you that know me, that's not a five-minute answer. There's no abbreviated, even when I abbreviate it, it needs an abbreviation, which needs an abbreviation because it's my life. My whole life is is one continual 
evolving story. One, if you know, it's it's you know, for me, when I read this book, it, it, it's it's a love affair. It's it's not just you know love one time and that's it. It's kind of like when my, when my wife and I got married, she was messing with me one day, and she said, uh, and I said. Uh, she said something like, I said, I said, so do you still love me? She said, well, didn't I tell you when we got married? <laughs> no, no, I did that. I'm sorry, I did that. I did that. She said, sure, Jake. No, but, it, but, it, but it's not that kind of thing. It's, it's we, we I, I am proud to be able to say that we say that to each other every day. I love you, babe. You know, I love you. And she says that to me. You know, we wake up, hey. You know, and, and we've had some moments where we it hadn't been real cool. You know, <laughs> some moments where it wasn't, it wasn't everything wasn't sweet. And, but it was she still loved me, and obviously, ten years later, we're still we're still doing it. You know, we're still here. And so, when I read that, I apply that in in the sense to everything. I tend to be very literal with uh, what I read. And so I apply that to everything I see. I tend to do that. I try to, um, you know, Shelby, if I'm reading the word and I look at the news, I find myself trying to lose the news based on what the, what the word says, which is not always good, Marietta, for me to look at the news because I, what happens is I start going, well, that don't line up with what I read. As a matter of fact, if you look at most of the news, it ain't going to line up with what's in here. How many know that? I mean, it doesn't matter what, doesn't matter what you look at, CNN, Fox, MSNBC, it ain't gonna really line up with what's in here. And so, there's a scripture in 1 Peter that I got hung on. And when I say I got hung on it, I, every time I looked at the news, it didn't, you know, no matter how much they said, this is for the country, and this is for the, the people, and I'm for the da-da-da, and I'm just like, man, well, yo, you, you, what you said ain't, ain't lining up with what I read here. So I want to read that scripture. Go to First Peter, if you will, um, 2. I'm using one of these. Um, um, let me see if I can do it like that. Try that. Did it go? Yeah. Ta-da. Okay, so First Peter 2. Pastor Allen actually already preached on this and obviously did an amazing, amazing job. But I, I had one line of it that, that just it just nailed me. It's First Peter 2 says, Therefore rid yourself of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind, like newborn babes, crave pure spiritual milk, so that it so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Hmm. Okay, so the first part says, therefore, rid yourselves of all malice. Now, that's where I got hung up. Therefore, rid yourself of all malice. I looked up malice, and it had many different definitions. But one was an intent to um, do harm or intent to... um, Render, what was it, what was it, intent to render confused was one of the, you know, how, how, how the dictionary will have a bunch of different things. And then the, the lighter print, it'll say something there. And I looked at that and I went, to render confused, to render confused. And, and I got to tell you, I got to tell you, when I look at the TV 
I got to stop looking at it because I walk away confused. I hear what I hear what you're saying. I, I hear what you're saying, but man, it it ain't something about it. Just ain't there. And you know what it is? There's malice in those conversations. I hate to bust your bubble, but we don't. I don't necessarily see anybody operating absent of malice anymore. And, and, and as much as I want to say, you know what, I believe what you believe, and I'm standing with what you believe. The problem is your delivery ain't helping me get to where you are because your delivery's got all this hate and it's got all this other stuff wrapped up in it. And spiritually, I'm sensing that. So you ever had somebody read, uh, and, and I, I'm speaking for myself, but I'm sure somebody hopefully has, well, not hopefully, maybe nobody's ever experienced this, but I've had people read the Bible, and I went, you don't mean none of that you're saying. You ever had that happen, Pastor? You read a scripture, and you go, you, you don't believe that. Point in, really, really good point. I was sick for a long, long time. I had a pastor come in, one pastor that I knew, read over me and pray for me to be healed. But I can't say that he believed I would be healed. I can't say that he he had faith that I would be healed. Matter of fact, he was closer to the belief that, well, I'm soon going to check out. And I was close. But there were other people that came in and prayed over me. And I went, man, I'm ready to get up now. I'm ready to walk out of here. I'm tired of these doctors, nurses, and medicine, and needles, and all that. I'm ready to go. And, of course, they would say, Mr. Anderson, you're still sick. But I'm standing here today because somebody came in and believed what they were praying, believed what they were saying, believed what they were reading over me, not a, and that confession was real to them. They took over. My church took over the uh, uh, um, the emergency room, that, that area. They took over it. And when I say took over it, I don't mean, you know, sometimes you go and you see people saying, oh, Lord, you know, heal Brother Shake. You know, let him come up. Let him raise him up. No, no, no. They came in like, Lord, in the name of Jesus, he is coming out of that bed. He is delivered right now. We speak it in faith. Hallelujah. Shake. You got to fight, son. That's how, that's how my church came in praying. So, guess what? Here's the thing about that kind of prayer. is It has a residual effect. Other people hear that and hear that faith. And experience that. Next thing you know, I don't know how many, I can't say that, but I know somebody else got healed in that hospital as a result of them praying for me. To me, that's pretty good. I love that. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, but there was no malice in that. They believed it. You know, I mess around and get happy myself thinking about that and just have to start all over again. Because, because here's the thing. 
you know, now, yeah, what I just did now, you know, that was scared. They're probably scared, somebody. And big black dude was in there yelling and stuff. I probably scared somebody, but hey. I, it's not the norm. I don't, you know, you don't have to, if you're visiting, if you've never been there, you ain't got to worry that the, the black dude's going to come off the, the platform and yell at us. You don't have to worry about that. That's not going to necessarily happen. I, I, if I haven't necessarily seen you, please forgive me, you know, if I scared you, you know. Please come back to church. Everybody's not like me. But listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be, can I be real clear with you? I, I would rather somebody got in my face and they were passionate about something I didn't believe than somebody came up to me with something they did believe and had no passion at all. Nothing. I respect more if you got up and said, you know what, I don't like you. Well, at least I know how you feel. And I know, you know what I'm saying? It's, or, or, you know, because you, you, anyway. Anyway. Okay, so. And I, I'm, I'm, I got, you know, I think 45 minutes. Is that right? Okay. So, no, I'm just kidding. So, we're going to wrap this up. But I'm going to say this, uh, the, the last part. Um, it says, therefore, rid yourself of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave spiritual milk. Like newborn babies crave spiritual milk. Like newborn babies. Like newborn babies. Some of us have grown a little too fast. We have. We've, we, we, we're, we're too old. We're too mature to, to do any good in the kingdom because we miss the point. So then we walk in this strange dignity, and we can't praise God, and we can't worship. But then you see a baby, and you want to shut him down. You know, the babe comes in, and all they know is the joy of the Lord. They don't have all the word, and they don't have all the scriptures, and they don't have all the, the, the life experience. and all. all they have is, I just know God is good. You know, it's that blind man who got healed. And got his sight back. And they wanted to question him. Was this the guy that, well, I didn't see him. No, no, seriously, think about that. Think about that. I'm blind right now. Somebody comes up, bling, you can see. But they ain't there when I, got, when I start seeing. So when you ask me, hey, uh, uh, how is it that you can see? All I know is a guy came up to me, a man came up to me, laid hands on me, and I can see. And I'm happy about that. Now, you can be mad at me because I'm happy about it, but I'm just telling you now, all I know is I can see. So that's that babe. That's that babe who just received the joy of the Lord. You're a good-looking fellow, man. You should be in TV or something. <laughs> whose, whose kid is this? Yeah. But, but, I don't know what this Praise God. But, but, but you, know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? We've got to get back to that because we've got hung up on this idea that we know everything because we've got a few years on ourselves. And so what happens is, you, you know how kids, like my son, will play with anybody, anybody, white, black, Japanese, Korean, Hispanic, 
You know, it does not matter to him. If you plan, I'm playing. Oh, young, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to him. And he will, and unless I take that spirit away from him by going, no, 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 you can't play with them. They don't like you. Now listen, I've been in situations and I knew We've been in situations, especially traveling, we've been in situations where my son got a chance to experience prejudice firsthand. But the kid that he was playing with wasn't prejudiced. It was, you know what I'm saying? So if nobody says anything to those kids, they go on about their business. Man, we out here swimming, having a good old time. It's not until I've been guilty of it, me go and I see the parent. And I see the look on their face. And then I take Bubby out of that situation. But that's, that's me responding to their fear. That's me responding to what they think of me, and I'm projecting that onto my son. And I don't want him to live like that. I don't want him to, to live like that. I don't want him to, to wonder when he goes to school and he sees a, this, you know, Samuel is, is nine. And he's already had like three or four girlfriends. <laughs> and they're always Hispanic. <laughs> they always got long, flowing hair. And I'm like, man. <laughs> now, see, here's the thing. My mama told me when I was there, don't bring nobody up in here. But she was living out of her fear and her understanding of life and her experiences. And she would project those to me. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. There's a malice in that. Let's be real. I love my mom. Don't get me wrong. Now, you know, if you mess with mom, it's on. You know what I'm saying? But there's a malice in that. Don't bring no white girl in here. But that's all we had. My mom in Kentucky. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, you, you narrowed the, the pool quite a bit by saying, don't bring this, don't bring that, don't bring this. But she's saying that because she got hurt in her life. But that doesn't mean it's going to be that way. It wasn't that way for me necessarily. Well, it won't. I don't. I'm not claiming that for my son. He loved who he loved. I mean, well, you know, there's a biblical thing in there too, you know, that I wanted to observe. Just being honest with you. Just being honest. I like to think I'm gonna be understanding. And I want to be a great father, but there's some things I'm going to be like, hey, man, what does this say? What does that say right there? Okay, see, see that right there? That's right there. That's what you want right there. Desire all of that. Over here, uh, we're going to pray about that. Okay? So here's the, here's the thing, and I'm wrapping it up. Um, you have a chance every day of your life to make certain decisions and to make certain statements and to live out certain experiences. Amen?
you have a chance to respond a certain way to everything that occurs in your life. Right now, in the climate that we live in, things are a little upside down, or a lot of upside down. But that doesn't mean that you have to exercise malice in your heart. As a matter of fact, that means you, you have the opportunity to show love in the face of utter confusion, utter disbelief, hatred, wrong, uh, repression. You have a chance to show love every time you show your face to someone else. You really do have that op- You really do have that option. And, 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 you know, one of the things I learned coming up that I, I had to learn real fast is that nobody can make me angry. Nobody. Nobody can make me angry. That's a decision. That's a choice. If you don't believe it, watch what happens when you go out into the, to a restaurant today and they don't serve you the way you're accustomed to be served. I, I used to live under what I called the curse here in Granbury. I go to a restaurant, everybody else is having the time of their life. You can't get better orders. You can't get more better service than they're getting. And if it was three of us, if it was two of us, if it was ten of us, if it was twenty of us, I'd be John Brown if my order was always jacked up. (laughs) Always. But I had to come to, you know, when I first came here, I'm like, I had to come to the conclusion, you know what, I'm a, I would get mad. I would get mad, get angry. <laughs> Pastor, I was laughing because he knew I was living under the curse and there was nothing I could do about it. But my choices affect not just me, but everybody else's experience. So I had to take what I'm giving you right now, rid myself of malice, malice of forethought, malice of thought, malice of of, of post-thought. I had to get get rid of all of that. And I never will forget. Karen and I were at a restaurant over in Granberry. And we were sitting in the rest. We'd, we'd gotten seated. It took a little while to get seated, but we'd gotten seated. And they sat us in a part of the restaurant. I don't know why, but they sat us at this table where water was coming down onto our seats and our tables. And Bubby, okay, he, he Bubby, like me and me and Bubby, we go to the restaurant. We watch cartoons. You know, we, we watch Bugs Bunny. Speed Racer, Kick Batowski, you know, Kim Possible. We watch, that's our thing. That's, that's our deal. We watch cartoons, eat our little dinner. So we're watching, and this water, man, there's probably five or six other empty tables in here, and they got us sitting in the pool. 
and, and it, was, it really wasn't a good experience. And I asked the guy, can we move? Well, this is all we have. Dude, it's, 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 I see another table over there. Karen's like, okay. But getting mad, getting angry, saying a bunch of stuff, that ain't going to do any good. They knew it was leaking when they sat us there. So I can either assume that you had a purpose in sitting me there, or I can pray that you were just ignorant. And when I say ignorant, I'm not, that's, to me, that's not a negative. I'm not making that a negative term, like, oh, he's ignorant. It means you just didn't know. You're just not aware. You're not paying attention. You know, because a lot of the, you know, what I learned that day was that station wasn't available. Waiters have stations. I really wasn't aware of that. I thought if it's an open table, we sit at the open table, and but there was no waiter supposedly for that. Table. And this waiter was humping. I have to give it to them. They were humping. They had our table. They had about, you know, 50 more of them. You know, so they were working. And I prayed, Lord, help me to not be angry, first of all. Help me not to display any characteristic that would cause them to see anybody but your Holy Spirit on me. And I prayed. And it And I'm telling you, this is a hard prayer. Bless them. Bless them, Lord. And we left, we tipped them. Matter of fact, if you remember this, I said, what's the biggest tip you got today? And she said, 30 bucks. And I gave her $50. But you know what? We went back to that restaurant, and the service was still lousy. So, I got to believe, I got to believe that I sold to something in the kingdom and it's coming back. Does that make sense? It's coming back. I know when we go in that restaurant, I know not to sit in that area when it's raining or when it's snowing. Or when it's hot and the air conditioner is running and leaking into that spot. Because I know some kind of way water is going to find that spot in that table. If I'm sitting there. Okay? So let me wrap this up. Love is patient. Love is kind. And rid yourself of malice. Rid yourself of malice. Rid yourselves of malice. Rid yourself of malice. When you leave here today, you're going to have a chance to operate in something pure, something real, something true. You're going to have a chance to display the characteristics of Jesus. What are you going to do? Rid yourself of malice. That's the start of it.
I think everything else will line up after that. I really believe that. are yea and amen and that you have a purpose for our lives you have a plan for our lives you have not forgotten us and no matter how things look we will do everything we can to rid ourselves 
of any malice. We will do what it takes to be proponents of love so that people don't see us in our flesh. They don't see us in our weaknesses. They don't see us walking in sin. But they see you. And they see your Holy Spirit saturating our lives. And so it is with that in mind that we say thank you for another chance to get it right. Thank you for another chance to be what you've called us to be. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Shake. We want love. We don't want malice. Amen? Malice is evil intent. Love is good intent. Amen. In a minute, I'm going to have you stand, but I just want to, I don't want to improve on your sermon, but I just want to testify to something in reference to shake in restaurants. I really think it's a thorn in the flesh thing. You know, Paul said because of the abundance of gifts God had given him, there was given him a thorn in the flesh. And I don't think it's always because of his race. Um, at first I was wondering. It was true. Everywhere you go, man, his food's late, his food's wrong, his this, that. And he just wouldn't get mad. It's like just developing his endurance. And we uh, one day we went to see a Tyler Perry movie at the movie Tavern um, in Hewlin. We ordered our food. We watched the movie. We enjoyed our food. And when the movie's over, the waiters, who happened to be African-American waiters, black waiters, came and brought us our receipt. So here's, I mean, our bill. So here's Shake holding his bill saying, but I never got my food. <laughs> I think it's just a thorn in the flesh, brother, because of the abundance of revelations. <laughs> Hallelujah. And some of those places, Granbury, you know, has a reputation for restaurants just going up in flames. Sometimes some of those places aren't even open anymore. Let's, let's stand. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And if you do not know him as your Lord and your Savior, may you call on his name today before the sun goes down. Jesus, reveal yourself to me. Free me of malice. Let your love be in operation in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Go get them, tigers. God bless you.